On September 18th of 2020, a teeny tiny little old lady that was 87 years old passed away. And sure, it's sad anytime there is the loss of human life. Uh, but when you live 87 years, uh, most people are content with a life well lived. Unless it is Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg who passes away, and then the political community loses its mind. I'm Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you are watching Lawyer Up. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at the Supreme Court generally. Uh, then we're going to talk about how the seats on the Supreme Court are filled and the process from nomination to confirmation of a Supreme Court justice. And then we're going to look specifically at the replacement of Ruth Bader Ginsburg right on the cusp of a presidential election and why that's such a big deal in politics today. If you like the content of this video, hit that like button. If you have something to say, comment below. If you would like more information such as this or on other legal topics, then subscribe to the channel. And as always, I love it when you share me on social media. Now, when we're talking about the Supreme Court generally, we know that the Supreme Court is the judicial branch of government. We know there's three branches. The legislative branch, they make the laws the executive branch, they enforce the laws, and the judicial branch, they interpret the laws. And so the Supreme Court is the highest court in the land. It is the top dog. It is generally referred to as SCOTUS uh, in the media. That is Supreme Court of the United States, SCOTUS. And it has been said that the Supreme Court is never wrong. And that's not because all of their decisions are judicially sound. It's because they are the court of last resort or the highest court. There is no appealing from the Supreme Court. So whatever decision they make, that is the final word on that topic. And the Supreme Court consists of nine justices. Now, we call our Supreme Court judges, we call them justices. All other judges are just called judges, but for whatever reason, uh, we call the Supreme Court judges justices. Now, there hasn't always been nine justices on the Supreme Court. There have been more and there have been less throughout American history. However, that's been the same number since 1869, so for about 150 years. And the process for seating a justice is quite simple. First off, the president simply nominates a candidate and then that candidate goes before the Senate and it's either confirmed by a majority vote or it is rejected also by a majority vote. And recall that the Senate has a hundred members in it. That is two from each state. So you need 51 votes or 51 senators to confirm a nominee or a Supreme Court appointment. And it's significant because these appointments are for life. That is the life of the Supreme Court justice. And the stated reason for that is so that they can be impartial and they cannot be influenced by legislative pressure or political pressure or maybe popular opinion of the day. And removal of a Supreme Court justice is either done by death, their voluntary uh, resignation or retirement, 
or for cause. Now, cause is a situation where they would have to do something uh, particularly wrong. Uh, they can be removed through the same process that the uh, legislature used to remove a president. It's the impeachment process. Now, in the history of our nation, no Supreme Court justice has ever been removed or kicked off the bench for cause. So these justices are going to serve until they die or until they choose to retire from the Supreme Court. And because of this lifetime appointment, many say that appointing or nominating a Supreme Court justice is the most important thing uh, that a president can do. And we know that a president is limited to two terms or eight total years. However, their appointment to the Supreme Court can go on for many years after that. And in fact, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on the court for over 25 years. And with her death, it has again put this Supreme Court replacement process into the national spotlight. Now, we need to talk about the makeup of the Supreme Court. Now, there was nine justices, eight now obviously with the passing of Justice Ginsburg, but there were nine members of the Supreme Court. And these members are characterized as either um, liberal or conservative in their interpretation of law and their judicial disposition. Now, obviously, uh, those uh, judges who were appointed and confirmed by the Republican Party are considered conservative. Those justices that were appointed uh, and confirmed by the Democratic Party are considered liberal. And so when we're talking about the liberal justices, those were the two that were appointed by Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. When we're talking about the more conservative justices, we're talking about one that was appointed by George uh, Herbert Walker Bush. That's the old man Bush. Uh, there was two appointed by George W. Bush, the son the younger one, and two have now been appointed by President Trump. So if you're keeping score, that would be five conservative justices or Republican uh, justices versus the four uh, liberal or Democratic justices. However, remember that we just lost RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So the tally becomes Republicans or conservatives five, and the liberals three, which is why it's such a big deal that if Trump nominates and then that nominee gets uh, confirmed by the Senate, that the tally will then be six on the conservative side versus three on the liberal side. And the media has said it would be the most conservative court in a hundred years. So that's the backstory. And the question is, why are the Democrats so mad? Well, let me explain. Way back in 2016, we had a similar passing of Justice Scalia. At that time, Barack Obama, he nominated a particular individual to go through the confirmation process with the Senate. However, the Senate was controlled by the Republicans, and so they declined to go through the confirmation process. They said it was in the final year of his presidency, it was in the year of a presidential election, and so they were not going to go through the confirmation process. And the timing of it is somewhat relevant. Uh, this nomination by Barack Obama was some eight months prior to the upcoming presidential election. So it was eight months out. And if you recall, Trump won that election over Hillary Clinton, and then he promptly nominated um, Neil Gorsuch, who is now on the Supreme Court. So fast forward to 2020, and we just have the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And that comes within 45 days 
of the actual election for the president of the United States between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And the Democrats have said, hey, wait a minute. If eight months prior to the election was too close to the election, then certainly 45 days from the election has to be too close, right? And even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said before her death, and I quote, it is my fervent wish that I not be replaced until a new president is installed. That was RBG's exact words. So what was President Trump's response? He said, nope, we will move forward without delay to nominate a successor to the Supreme Court. Now, as of the recording of this video, uh, the actual uh, nominee has not been named. Although the uh, media says that Amy Coney Barrett is the likely candidate, there's also discussion of a Barbara Lagoa. Uh, however, they believe it will be Amy Barrett. And interestingly, despite cries of hypocrisy from the Democrats, the Republicans seem willing to go forward with the confirmation process with the election right around the corner. And really, the only way for the Democrats to stop it would be for them to get a majority of the votes in the Senate. And if you're aware of the current makeup of the Senate, uh, it has Obviously, we talk about 100 senators, 53 are Republican, uh, 45 are Democrats, and two are independents. However, those independents, they caucus with the Democrats. So really, the tally is 53 Republicans and 47 Democrats. So it would seem for the uh, Democrats to be able to block this, they need to pick up those three votes, right? To go from 53 to 47 to make it 50-50 and keep the Republicans from having the majority of 51. However, let's go back to our American government class in high school. If there is a tie in the Senate, the president of the Senate gets to cast the tie-breaking vote. Who is that? Well, it's the vice president of the United States, Mike Pence. So if it's tied 50-50, uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that last vote by the vice president will be for the Republican Party. So in reality, the Democrats need to pick up four votes so that they can block uh, a tie and or a majority in favor of the Republicans. And interestingly, two Republican senators have already said they do not favor having a confirmation proceeding this close to an election. That was Senator Susan Collins of Maine and Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Uh, so the Democrats are halfway there. They only need two more. And initially they targeted Mitt Romney. If you remember, he's the Senator from Utah who got crossways with Donald Trump. Uh, they don't get along. In fact, in the impeachment proceedings, uh, Mitt Romney was the only Republican that voted with the Democrats in favor of impeaching Donald Trump. However, Romney has given his statement and he stated he is in favor of moving forward with the confirmation process. And this was his justification and I will just read it to you. He said the historical precedent of an election year nomination is that the controlling party in the Senate generally does not confirm an opposing party's nominee, but does confirm a nominee of its own party. Hence, somewhat explaining why the Republican Senate didn't take up Barack Obama's nominee back in 2016 because it was of an opposing party and why uh, it is going to take up 
President Trump's Republican nominee because it is a nominee of the party controlling the Senate, which is the Republicans. The Democrats were also targeting Chuck Grassley, who is a senator from Iowa, as a potential defector. But he has also stated that he is in favor of moving forward with the Supreme Court confirmation process. So in reality, if the Democrats can't get four Republicans to change their votes, then they can't block this process of confirming the new Supreme Court justice. And of course, this would be Donald Trump's third placement during just his first term in office, which is somewhat unprecedented. So knowing they probably can't stop this confirmation process, the Democratic response has been very interesting. They know that if they go down six justices to three justices, they're really not going to be able to have any positive um, decisions in their favor. So they have talked about the nuclear option. This is the option of last resort, and it's called court packing. So what would happen is the Democrats would have to win the White House. That means Joe Biden wins president. Uh, and then they would have to win at least a, an even amount in the Senate. So it would have to be 50-50 uh, in the Senate, which would require the Democrats to pick up three seats uh, in this next election cycle. They already control the House of Representatives. But if they had all of that, the Democrats control the House, they control the Senate, and they also have the White House, then they can actually engage in legislation and pass legislation that changes the number of Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court. And presumably they would add three seats uh, and then they could go through the nomination and confirmation process themselves because they have control and they could fill those additional three seats with liberal or democratic justices, bringing the total to 12 and the balance six Republicans and six Democrats. Now, court packing is not a new concept. It was last tried by uh, FDR back in the 1930s and he was unsuccessful at it. It hasn't been tried in the United States since, but we did see this recently in Venezuela where they did engage in court packing. Now, this has been referred to as a very uh, dangerous game. Uh, number one, because uh, anytime uh, one party does something this drastic uh, to change uh, something that significant as like the Supreme Court, uh, you know when the other party gets in power at some point in time in the future, they're going to engage in the same kind of funny business, and it's called court contraction, where they actually remove seats. And they could remove uh, certain seats that were expanded or uh, court packed. We've also seen internationally how destabilizing this was to the country of Venezuela. Uh, because when you have one um, presumably co-equal branch of government monkeying with another branch of government, it erodes the trust of the people that they have in their government to govern. It destabilizes the political environment. It destabilizes the trust uh, that the citizenry has. And it creates chaos. And we have seen that uh, in Venezuela over the past uh, several years. So while the legislators are looking at all their options, court packing may be a very dangerous response uh, to the uh, current uh, political uh, gamesmanship that's being played around the placement of the newest uh, nominee for the Supreme Court. Now, how is this all going to flesh out? Well, who knows? But stay tuned to this channel because you'll get updates on this and other legal topics 
as they happen. So thank you for watching today. Uh, the next few weeks should be fascinating. Again, my name is Joshua Roberts, attorney at law. You've been watching Lawyer Up. Uh, if you like the episode, hit that like button. Got something to say to me? Comment below. If you'd like more content such as this, hit that subscribe button. I appreciate you watching. It's Lawyer Up, signing out. Send lawyers, guns, and money. Dead, get me out of this.